The music you're listening to is called Kids Music for Adults. I thought it was appropriate. I'm using it with permission from the Polish ambassador. You should check out their music. It's quite fascinating. Now on to art. I think now we're seeing with people interacting with color at a more democratic basis, where with some of the newer tools that are available for you in photography, in design, I mean, and if you look at it, it's in all different industries. Now you have more and more people um, that are interacting with color and trying to apply color, and they need to have more knowledge. So now there's a time when the underlying knowledge is required more and more by people to be able to describe it. And with the use of color growing, I mean, you think about all the products that you see in stores now that years ago, you know, would have been white, black, or beige as your color selection, and now you have multiple colors. They come in a whole palette of colors. So now you have more of a need for people to be able to communicate. That's Arch Smelling, the Munsell business manager for X-Ride and Pantone, and we're going to have a conversation about how we can find inspiration, greater awareness, and use of color in our lives. Art is exposed to a wide range of experiences in color, printing, paint, plastics, textiles, film industry, and a number of specialty industries. So I'm curious, what does he think is occurring in the industry in general with regards to awareness of color? And how does that compare to, to your experience, for instance, and my experience as a colorist and working with filmmakers? Some of us struggling a bit as to how do we communicate accurately what we want to do in the story based on what was shot. And how do we go about incorporating greater awareness and color in our lives in general? So this is the kind of topics we discuss on this podcast, and I appreciate you being here with us. So let's get started. So, Art, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. It's nice to be here today. Yeah, it's very exciting. I as I, uh, we were talking a little bit before the show here, and you know, as a colorist, there's some interesting observations we've we're talking about with regards to the change and awareness of color and the lack of language that people have in using and wanting to use color in, in many different areas, but not just the film industry. But um, before we get into all of that, how about uh, we just get started with a little history on Munsell? Because I actually think that's quite fascinating. Yes, it is. That is true. I mean, the Munsell, the history on Munsell and the Munsell color order system is actually it's very fascinating to me. Um, it was developed by the artist Albert Munsell. And if you look at it, he was kind of a Renaissance individual at the turn of the century. He was an artist slash a scientist. He held patents for developing the first colorimeters. And his passion was around art and color. And he developed up the Munsell color system, particularly for helping with educating his students about the use of color and how to work with color. And, you know, he always was looking towards being able to help in the communication of color um, with, all his, with all his colleagues as well. And the Munsell color system was developed in, in a way where it's very natural as to how it flows and how we visually see, perce- how we visually perceive and how we... Yeah experience color because i mean color is one of those things that it's very democratic 
where everybody has their own nuances and shape on color. But there are certain things that everybody really agrees with, and this is one of the things that Albert Munsell learned, too, in the development of the system, is everybody sees, say, lightness and darkness, or the value scale very easily, and the hue scale very easily. And we all relate to that, too, from our childhoods, from the box of Crayola crayons. But it's that chromatic scale, that chromatic axis that comes out, which was one of the nuances that people don't necessarily gravitate towards naturally, but it's one of the most important things that they understand once they get the tools in place with the three accesses. Well, just give us a brief, although this seems somewhat uh, uh, odd, let's say, for an audio show, but just talk us through uh, a visualization in our mind of how the color system works. Well, the Munsell color system is organized in a way where you have your it's taking color space, which is really a three-dimensional area. So if you were to picture it as a, a sphere um, in front of you, what you would have is running around the axis of the sphere, or say the equator, if you think of it like a globe, would be your hue circle, okay, uh -huh. or the hues for the color. And by hue, what we're talking about is as a color goes from red to yellow to green to blue to purple and then back to red. So it makes that complete circle, hue circle. So if I were to just interject here, normally you sort of see this in school as a two-dimensional, well, I mean, as a linear thing, Correct. starting on the left-hand side and going, and what we're doing here is sort of laying it down flat and then making a disc out of Correct. it. Correct. Correct. And then what you would think about is once you take a look and you think about that sphere with that act being the hue circle around the center or the equator of it, then if you were to come out from the center, okay, that's going to be your chromatic as you come away from the center. And that center pole would be your what's called your neutral axis, and that's going to be your lightness, darkness. So one of the ways that you can easily, you know, to be able to paint a picture is that if you think of this like that globe, you think of the North Pole, the South Pole at the bottom, you have your white to your dark, and then you have around your equator, you have your hue circle. And then as you come out from that center point, you get more chromatic. And so then as you go uh, down in the circle, you essentially lower luminance value, it's darker. Correct. And as you go up, it's, it's higher, higher luminance, luminance values value. and it's wider or lighter. But yet, but it, but then as you go up and down, the, your perception of, well, we'll get into all We'll that. get into that. <laughs> it's not a perfect sphere. It's the easiest way yeah. to describe it, but it's actually, it's a, it's not a perfect sphere. It's actually kind of offset a little bit because of the way that color works um, to what you're alluding to. So, so jumping kind of ahead a bit here, Art, one of the curious questions I have is, has the language of color evolved or changed since the Munsell system was put in place? Or, or, what we're, or, or maybe a better question to ask is, is there an evolving awareness and growth in use of color. Any one of those things resonate with you? Oh, yeah. I mean, actually, a lot has changed. In, a lot has changed and a lot has stayed the same. I mean, the physics of yeah. color is always the same. It's the interaction of light with an object um, that we perceive that gives us the experience of color. But it's the way that we're producing those colors and the tools that we have on the manufacturing side or to be able to produce those colors has really um, changed the way that we look at it and talk through it. If you think about it, at the time Munsell was creating the Munsell color system was before there was 
four color printing processes, um, or they were just in their infancy at that point oh, in time. Yeah, overlap. That's right. That's right. Good point. So the whole primary system that we're all used to of CMYK, he was not aware of at that point in time. So you have, or if you think about, you know, there were the theories of red, green, blue, okay, as your color right. primaries, and you can see them in his in his um, in the Munsell color system, but they weren't necessarily put together in the way that you have them with a display or with a, a television set. So there there has been this ever evolving um, conversation around color. It's been evolving and changing to the the application of color and how color can be and how color is being produced to be perceived by the individual. That makes sense. Color itself, too, if you look at it over the last few years, is becoming and by last yeah the last few years it's becoming more and more of um a commodity type item too in in our everyday lives because people are beginning to expect or be able to select a wide range of colors and if you look in the products if you look in our day-to-day life experience like if you think about color matching for paint for your home you can go in and match to your favorite pillow from your living room set that you would like so there's been a lot of changes, but what's interesting is that the nuances of Munsell's color system of the hue, value, and chroma, once you understand that, they were developed and created in a way that we visually perceive and experience color, they still add value no matter what the process is. The way to communicate the color has changed a little bit and talking, say, if you're imprinting with cyan, magenta, and yellow, but there's ways to overlap right. that over the Munsell system to be able to have it make sense. You're still experiencing that hue, value, and chroma. Right. Well, then um, let's push on a little bit more then into the evolving awareness of color. And uh, as we chatted briefly before the call here, as a colorist, um, I'm seeing uh, I'm seeing that there's a with this color software has dropped in price. Essentially, we were mentioning mm-hmm. now people are, are are like, oh, I can I can include color now. You know, they're starting to putting in the budget mm-hmm. and but then they but <laughs> but then they come and they want to talk about it and uh, there's a great lack a gulf of of. Uh, you know how do I how does how does he communicate with me about color? And as a colorist, obviously, you end up being kind of the arbitrator and the communicator and the figure outer of he's saying this, but he really means that. And you know that will probably continue to exist for a while. But it is kind of interesting that 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 uh, this is all occurring and and people are wanting more color, beginning to experiment with, with more color. And you were saying you're you're seeing um, a greater awareness of color too. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting in that, you know, to what you're you're speaking to there is that as this color is becoming more um, aware, it's being used in more places, or as color is 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 going into new directions, um, and it's easier for people to work with and apply. People are starting now to take a look at how do you communicate that color and what's the easiest way to do it, because it used to be people that were purely trained. Now you don't necessarily have to have that purely trained individual or color trained individual that understands how to really describe where color is at. 
And what's interesting is that we're seeing, or what we've been experiencing here at Munsell Color is more inquiries into educational type tools with our, our products and how to describe wow. colors, how to show relationships of colors, and how to be able to describe what it is you're looking for. Um, and this is coming out of different industries. We've had a number of textbooks from the interiors, architecture industries that are um, doing it. Also, what's interesting is on the product side is with color material and finish work becoming more and more prominent as there's more materials, there's different materials to work with, there's different colorants to work with. It's becoming more and more important of being able to describe that color and being able to communicate through what the nuances are that you would like in your color, how you would like that hue to be, how you would like the chroma and the value. And that's where with the Munsell color system, once you start using it and you get used to it, you get a Munsell notation. You can picture it in your mind's eye where it is in color space based upon those um, the notation. So one of the questions I have is uh, really more of a personal interest is uh, you go out, you give talks, I would imagine. W what are some useful ideas that or thoughts or activities that inspire people to learn more about color and experiment, you know, in a more masterful way with uh, what they see and how they use it versus, you know, kind of template, you know, use this because that's what's in the template kind of thing. I think one of the biggest things for me, what I've seen and the aha moments that I've seen in other people, um, if yeah, I step yeah, back and I, yeah. I look at what they've been doing is them realizing the freedom to be able to work with a color and adjust it or to start understanding what it means to adjust a color around. And that it, you know, yeah. they're free to kind of work with it. I kind of think about when we hire in a new colorist and they're color matching for a while. And you start watching them work with the colors as they're doing their color matching. And you start to really grasp it and move with it um, so that they're not afraid to take that first step or that chance. And then watching them, you know, as you get to know them, watching them apply that in different areas um, in conversations and, and being able to apply that color knowledge to different circumstances where they're working with color and they're kind of pushing the envelope a little bit more, say, whether it be at home with renovation or in choice of colors for their clothing or just in some, we got a lot of people too that, you know, in photography, um, photography or different hobbies that they get drawn towards to be able to play with color. Fascinating. I mean, it's, Fascinating. yeah, it's, it's interesting and it's, you know, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, I think it is. I've become quite um, engrossed in it, and uh, um, it just that that you know, I, I sort of flipped the question around in my, myself uh, one day, and I was just thinking about, well, why don't we know more about color? And then I I realized that probably the last time most of us had a color class was in third grade when they brought out the watercolors. Exactly. You know, and that was probably it. It's, it was it. It's you know? almost like. You know, color was actually taught in classrooms, and it was taught up until, oh, say like the 1930s, 1940s. Oh, really? um, it, that's what I understand. There was a more structured courses for color. They, you know, they would teach it, and this was in grammar school, high school. And what's interesting, yeah. this was one of Munsell's main focuses too, was to create more educational type products and tools. 
Mm-hmm. And it seems like there for a while, kind of like some of the artist movements or some of the movements that we saw in society where things became a little bit freer and color because, because of the nature of color and everybody sees color and experiences it kind of like on a personal basis, there was kind of a step back or a step away from us trying to identify a smooth, easy say, language for color from an individual standpoint or from a personal standpoint. And we kind of went more into, say, the instrumentation or the machinery standpoint Um, and how you can measure it, how you can label it, how you can go that way. I think now we're seeing with people interacting with color at a more democratic basis where with some of the newer tools that are available for you in photography, in design, I mean, and if you look at it, it's in all different industries. Now you have more and more people um, that are interacting with color and trying to apply color, and they need to have more knowledge. So now there's a time when the underlying knowledge is required more and more by people to be able to describe it. And with the use of color growing, I mean, you think about all the products that you see in stores now that years ago, you know, would have been white black or beige is your color selection and now you have multiple colors they come in a whole palette of colors so now you have more of a need for people to be able to communicate wow what an interesting interesting observation so you know i'm a big fan of the articles on the munsell blog i don't know when i finally found that some time ago. But anyway, it's always a surprise to me to see so many different inspiring uses of color. Just curious, you know, from your own personal experience, what were some of the more interesting ones that you've seen? Oh, interesting uses of colors? Well, yeah, I mean, that were mentioned in the blog article or just in general. Yeah, in general. I think some of the most, you know, when I start thinking about that is most interesting, some of the most interesting projects that I've gotten involved with on color have mm-hmm. been, well, there's like one project that comes to mind um, that we did with NASA, you know, and you would mm-hmm. think, why would color be important towards NASA? But this was a creation of a color standard that's actually used on the International Space Station. And it's a color, it's basically a color chart. And they basically use mm-hmm. it to make sure that when the astronauts return into the space station, that they're not exposed yeah. to too much hydrazine or spent rocket fuel while they're doing their spacewalk. And it's, <laughs> they have like a little litmus paper test that they take and they rub on their spacesuits and then they compare it to the color, the color chart to see how much exposure they've had. Oh, that is interesting. And if they have too much exposure, then what they need to do is they have to go outside and get exposed to the sun to be able to burn it off. Otherwise, if it's not too much, then they can go right back into the space station. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, and then, and then, but (laughs) then there's the other projects. Like when we get, uh, we were asked by, um, a teacher in the, oh, it was in the Hudson Valley area. She was doing a talk Mm -hmm. on color and she was inquiring about being able to supply in some materials for her to be able to do an educational seminar on color to it was third and fourth graders. And that was an interesting because we talked through some different exercises that you would like to do and talk through the selection of the colors. So it's, it kind of varies. 
um, as to the ones that I enjoy the most, and they vary. Mm. I mean, some of them are fascinating. To me, it's still, like we were talking before the the interview, one of the most fascinating is still some of the projects we do, say like our soil books that we produce, or how color is used for grading different um, materials. And it's interesting mm. um, in the food industry where color plays a big role in, in grading the food and the quality of the food. Yeah. Well, let, let's move on to kind of uh, the final topic is how can people learn more about the Munsell color system and what sort of tools or products or things that you have that would uh, go toward the cause here? Okay. Well, with the with learning about the Munsell color system, one of the biggest things is, is like you've mentioned, the Munsell color blog. If you come to the Munsell, com, we have some very good educational type pages on there that talk to the Munsell color system, talk about how it can be used. They also show how people are using it. One of the one of the best things that I like about the Munsell color blog and it's a way that we're looking to be able to engage with our with our customers and also with the with the color folk that are out there is mm-hmm. having people share their their experiences, their stories about color. And having them show how they're working with the system or how they're working with color. And to learn about the Munsell color system, the Munsell.com, we have the Munsell Books of Color. We also have some educational products and one that's really nice for understanding the three-dimensional um, yeah. space, color space, is the Munsell uh-huh. Color Tree. It's actually a three-dimensional color model that shows you how color is shaped and formed from the Munsell color space. As a colorist, that's the one that's uh, I've sort of uh, looked fondly at on the website. <laughs> you know, said, "Oh, I wish I had one of those to just show people here." You know, it's very it's the plastic one, right? Correct. It's a plastic anyway, it, lo- one it with looks the color tabs glued onto it with the the color yeah. tabs on it. Yes, that's it. That's it. It's amazing how yeah. many. In color industry, how many conference rooms are in the color centers and color universities have those color trees? It's amazing where they are. Oh, really? Well, that's good. I mean, it's it's like if you just get in a meditative moment <laughs> with it and just let it in, you kind of go, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and it's one of my friends, she loves to use the color tree to be able to explain to people, you know, why colors work the way they do in certain applications and certain products. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Yeah. Well, all right. Well, this has really been a fascinating call, Art. I I greatly appreciate your time. Oh, my pleasure, Tom. This has been a lot of fun. We've been talking with Art Schmeling, Munsell Business Manager for X-Rite Pantone Incorporated. Be sure and go to their site, Munsell, M-U-N-S-E-L-L.com, and check out the blog. For stories on color, many of which you just might not even believe till you read them. And stay tuned for more interviews. If you haven't joined up on iTunes, please do. Just search for Tom Parrish or go to TomParish.com and you'll see a link there to subscribe. Thank you very much. And may you find many new colors in your mind and in life.
to learn to know fantasies, but like the <laughs> 